Latu. I'm at the Southeast Linux Fest and um, having a good time. It's kind of sh- shutting down right now, but one guy in particular came down from Canada um, from the Ontario Linux Fest and OpenStreetMaps. So it's a two for one. Um, first of all, what's your name? Richard Weird. Okay, cool, Richard. Thanks. Uh, first of all, thanks for talking to me. So the, um, the OpenStreetMap project is something I've heard of for a little while now. Um, I, what I never understood, because I'm not a huge GPS geek, I guess, is what the entry barrier is. What do I need to to do this kind of activity? OpenStreetMap um, is uh, is a pretty interesting project because it applies the same freedoms that we see in Wikipedia to geographic data. So it's a complete set of tools to work with geographic data, but it's also a complete collection of geographic data that is also free. The barrier of entry uh, depends a little bit on where you are, but the biggest barrier to entry is your own interest. If you're interested in improving the map near where you live or near where you work, you can do it, and uh, you can do it with as as little as a pen and paper and, of course, an internet connection and a computer. Cool. And how does it work, I guess? I mean, to, to I guess, to, to contribute to OpenStreetMaps, what would be the different options for me? Uh, well, there are a couple of different options for contributing to OpenStreetMap. The um, base, basic model uh, that uh, many of our contributors around the world use is to collect data from your neighborhood about the geography of your neighborhood and then to mark that up in one of the OpenStreetMap editors and contribute it to OpenStreetMap that way. Okay. Those contributions can be uh, something that can be information that you collect with a GPS device, like the exact positioning of a cycleway or a, um, a hiking trail or a section of highway or an on-ramp, and you would take that by uh, using your GPS to save information about where you are going, then traveling that route, uh, then taking that saved data file and using that to mark up um, your travels in the editing software, and then submitting that information to OpenStreetMap. And now, is is GPS such that practically any GPS will be able to log its journey and upload it, or is it all proprietary and you have to have a certain model? It's um, it, it's variable, and it does depend on the model that you're using. You can find uh, reviews for a lot of different GPS devices on wiki.openstreetmap.org okay. uh, under the GPS reviews section. So that'll tell you if your pre-existing, okay. um, pre-existing GPS will help you with collecting sure. GPS tracks. Um, the... I've I've always been pretty careful about buying ones that I know I can use with OpenStreetMap. Yeah, so yeah. I've I've been pretty lucky with the ones I've got. Cool. Yeah, it seems like something you wouldn't want to try to hack around. No. <laughs> um, so now, what on earth is the point of OpenStreetMap? Like, uh, do I really care if I don't own a map? I mean, as long as I get to the coffee shop where I want to go. Um. Some people don't care. Um, some people don't care about the freedom in their software either. Uh, we see that in in some communities. They just don't care about free software in general. Uh, why would you expect them to care about free geodata if they don't care about free software? But uh, it's uh, it's pretty incredible that 
a project like OpenStreetMap does exist for people who are concerned about the uh, the freedom of the data that they use and their freedom to use data in unexpected and creative ways. You may have access to a commercial data set, but you might not have permission to use it for some wonderful new innovative idea that you have, hmm. um, whereas you wouldn't be restricted by uh, those license terms for the data using OpenStreetMap right. data, Okay, um, which is pretty cool if you fancy yourself as an innovator and uh, or an inventor mm. and you want to do something involving location. Or if you don't, and in a pinch you realize you are an innovator and you need some geographic data and you realize you don't have permission to tap into such and such. Right, exactly. Right. Okay. Um, I ran into one fellow at, a, at another conference that was doing an analysis of geographic networks and he was comparing... Um, what he was looking at was uh, how emergency services are available and how emergency services are distributed around a city. And he mm. used two different sa- data sets for the same city to kind of analyze the quality of the networks and see how it affected delivery of emergency services. Mm-hmm. He could also have used the OpenStreetMap data as a third data set for that analysis that he did. Um, if he if he hadn't had access to two different data sets, uh, he might not have been able to do his analysis. I so see. you may just want to take an interest in OpenStreetMap to see how it compares with whatever other geographic data you're working with. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that clarified actually a whole lot for me. So thanks. You're, you're welcome. Um, one of the other points, big points of interest with OpenStreetMap is it doesn't have to be data that's commercially viable. Uh-huh. So if... Um, big fast food restaurant wants to get all of their restaurants onto somebody's commercial map, chances are they can negotiate a contract and get right. their all mm-hmm. of their locations across the country right. put on the map. Whereas mom and pop running a fast food joint in small town, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to get their company on the map. Right. Well, they can certainly put their company on OpenStreetMap and put their location on OpenStreetMap. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's it, like it, Second it's, Life except in real life. Because you can just, if you have something, you can add it to that Right. If, that you've, if you've got a geographic itch that you need to scratch, mm-hmm. you can probably scratch it with OpenStreetMap because cool. it doesn't have to be commercially viable. It nice. has to be accurate and it has mm-hmm. to be interesting in some way and, sure. and it should be correct. Right. But it doesn't have to be commercially viable. Very cool. Um, this other little thing you do you're involved with. Yes, Ontario Linux Fest. Yes. Um, we are here at Southeast Linux Fest and um, the, the folks here were inspired by the folks at Ohio Linux Fest as we were. Okay. Um, uh, with a, uh, a colleague of mine, we traveled to Ohio Linux Fest, I guess for the last six years oh. and every year we tried to get some of our other friends in and around Toronto to make the trip with us to Ohio, and we had a tough time convincing them that they should <laughs> right. make the make the trip down with us. Um, which I, I'm not sure if that says something about our friends or about our ability to talk them into taking <laughs> long car trips with us. But um, we got uh, we got fed up with them not coming to the party, and we decided to bring the party to them. Party to them. And so uh, we're holding the our third Ontario Linux Fest um, on Saturday, the 24th of October, okay, 2009. And uh, we'd like to see 
many of your listeners uh, come and uh, you know if you uh, if you want to check up uh, what we've got lined up for speakers and uh, find out uh, what the schedule looks like. Both of those are not carved in stone yet, sure. but you'll find them at onlinux.ca. That's O-N-L-I-N-U-X.ca. Okay. And um, hopefully we'll see lots of you there. Cool. Thanks a lot. Um, thanks so much for speaking to me, and I'll probably see you at either Ohio and or Ontario. My pleasure. I look forward to it. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.